0: Welcome to Crime Time with Maggie Sten. What you're going to be listening to is a series of episodes called The Times Aren't a Changing, They Have Changed. Hey! I'm with Joe Bailey today and I've got a lot of questions to ask him. For those of you who don't know Joe, Joe is hairdresser to the rich and famous and the stars. And he has a Salon in Double Bay that he's had for many, many years. Hello, Joe. Hello, how are you? Good. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. Now, Joe, let's just talk a bit about your background. You were born in Sydney.
1: I was born in Sydney, 1962. I know oh, you, you wouldn't know it, would you?
0: No, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. For those who can't see Joe and don't know him, you would think he was born in two thousand.
1: Oh, I love you, Maggie.
0: <laughs> okay, um, so you were born in nineteen sixty-two, and where did you live?
1: At the time, we lived in Earlwood, and funnily enough, I was driving through Earlwood yesterday. Uh-huh. I just happened to be. And why? I, I just I got drove past our old house and the school I went to, Clempton Park Public. And yeah, it's amazing to go back and have a look at where you very first started.
0: And now you had brothers and sisters?
1: Two older sisters and a younger brother.
0: Right. So you're number three in the picture. I'm
1: number three, middle child syndrome.
0: Right. And what did your father Mm. do for a living?
1: He worked at Nabisco Biscuits, which is a which was a grocery firm in those days. Obviously, they made biscuits and cereals and things. He only had one job his whole life, so he started there when he was, I don't know, seventeen or eighteen. Because my grandfather, well, little known fact, they're both Joseph Bailey's as well. My grandfather and my father. So I'm
0: just actually... as an aside for younger people, that's not wasn't an uncommon thing for families to do no. to call each other after each other. No,
1: and to go into each other's profession yes, as well. Yes, like yes. Dad followed my grandfather. I think they had aspirations of me going there too.
0: And it also wasn't uncommon to have the same job your whole life. No. Which I know the millennials will just think this is something from another planet.
1: I'm absolutely. It's a, I actually can't believe how many jobs they have.
0: I know. I think okay. millennials think if you do more than twelve months, you're entitled to long service leave.
1: That's when they go and give the uh, prospective new job person. They hold the interview. To That's see if right. That's right. They're good enough for them. That's
0: right. And I will do you a <laughs> yeah. favour and work for you, and I want you to pay me a lot of money for doing very little. Yes. Okay. So back to the good old days. Yeah. You then. You said you went to Clemson Park Public School. Then I believe you went to James Roos Agricultural.
1: I did, which I noticed today topped the state again for the 27th consecutive year.
0: Exactly. For those people who don't know, James Roos Agricultural School is a selective school and one must be very bright to even make the grade to go there.
1: And, and then there was me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, 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 no. Let's put it another way. There was you, but you are probably the only hairdresser to graduate from there?
1: I'd say so. Okay. Most of them are sort of doctors and neuroscientists.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, well, don't any of them have anything to do with agriculture?
1: No. Strange, I mean, some do, but strangely, most of them, yeah, go into sort of high levels of not agriculture. Right. I don't even know that it is as agricultural as it was. I mean, it's still called that. But yeah. when I was there, it was it was like a prerequisite that you did. Back in those days, you did units. You had to do five units out of 12 of right. agriculture, which is quite a lot. Yeah, it almost is. Almost 50%. Yeah. I don't think you have to do that anymore. Yeah.
0: Is that where your love of horses came
1: from? No, the love of horses came before, but I... When, we, when I, we lived kind of close to the school and when we drove past, there were horses in the paddocks at the school. So I thought, I'm going there. Really? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and is that what made you apply for it? Yeah. Okay.
1: And the fear of going to the local public school, that was scary enough. So
0: Right. And what was that school?
1: It was called Cumberland High School.
0: Right. And wasn't that much good? No. That was... Okay, so you go to James Roos Agricultural Selective School. What did you want to be? I
1: had absolutely no idea. Right up until I was doing my HSC, I still had no idea. My um, my father had a few ideas. And what were his ideas? His ideas were, number one, that I would join Nabisco yes, and, and work for him.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was going to be a cold day in hell.
0: Right. Um Number
1: two, I would be a bank manager, but I could barely do any sort of math, so that was not going to work.
0: Right. But But as a bank manager, wouldn't you have to start as a teller? Yeah.
1: Well, no, I think there was like a trainee managership thing. You could, it was sort of like a, I don't know, like an internship where you got got hired as a trainee manager rather than as a teller.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, so I went for that interview. Dad took me to that. And I also went to...
0: So when you went to that interview, what happened? Did he take you to it? Mm. Okay, so what happened?
1: To make sure I went.
0: (laughs) Did he go into the interview too? No,
1: but he waited at the car at the door. (laughs) Um, They had all these... They had somebody at the front. I'll never forget it. They had somebody at the front of the room. We were all sitting in rows, like in an exam. Yeah. And they were yelling out numbers, and then they'd say flick. So you had to write down the numbers, then flick the page, write down the numbers. Then they'd there was sort of like a sequence of numbers, and you had to like keep up. Right. And I was, you know, twenty pages behind, seven hundred <laughs> numbers behind. <by laughs> so <laughs> so did that you- didn't go down so well with the Commonwealth Bank, right? What did my my father's best friend was was a bank manager. So that's how I think I got that interview. Next stop was Woolworths.
0: Right. To
1: become a trainee manager of that. And
0: did he take you to that yeah. too? Yeah. What happened there?
1: <laughs> they showed a film about, um, you know, what trainee managers could expect and it was sort of people in the dog's food aisle packing shelves and <laughs> people taking big crates of tomatoes off trucks with big smiles on their face. Right. And after they showed the 10-minute video or oh, probably filmed back in those, so they said anybody who doesn't want to proceed can leave now, and I, I was the one and only one who got up
0: and left. What did your father say?
1: I said, that's over, and I got back to the car. Right. He said, how come you're the only one come that's,
0: that's come
1: out? And I said, because I'm the only one that didn't offer a job to.
0: Really? What did he say?
1: Get in the car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I gather you had a great relationship with your Very dad. close. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, was university on the cards?
1: Well, I did, I did, I did get accepted to university, but there was no. Way. I hated school, so I, and I saw university as like an you know extension of school. So, I made a deal with my father, who seemed to be very involved, didn't he, in all this?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, what was the deal?
1: <laughs> that I that if by the time the university. Um, Started the next year. If I didn't have an apprenticeship, he wanted me to have a trade. Right. So he was thinking bricklaying.
0: Yes, I'm sure you he know, was. Chippy plumber. plumber. Yes. So he's thinking
1: to himself he'll never get one of those jobs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I I found the job. You know, as an apprentice hairdresser. How did you find that? I, job? I just found it in the Sydney Morning Herald. I was looking in the paper, not for a hairdressing job. I was just looking for a job, like. Uh, An apprenticeship. Can can I
0: stop you there? For those younger listeners, the Sydney Morning Herald is where you went to to get a job.
1: There There, was no Seek.
0: There was no Seek. There was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. You had to go to the Sydney Morning Herald and that's where you look for a job.
1: It is. It was 1980.
0: Right. So in 1980, you found this. What section was it in?
1: Oh, Positions Vacant. Right. But it was under Y for Young Person Wanted. So I was just looking for anything, you know. I wasn't looking under H for Hairdresser. But when I when I said Young Person Required for Busy Double Bay Salon, first of all, my first thought was Where's Double Bay? Right. Never heard of it.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> then, Did you look it up?
1: Yeah. I to Did get you- like a bus... Two trains and a and walk down from Edgecliff. It took me about 6 o'clock in the morning to be there by, by the 9 o'clock interview. Did
0: you ask your dad where Double Bay No,
1: I didn't tell him.
0: Would he have known where Double Bay was?
1: Yeah, he would have known where it was. Not that he hung out there much, but he would have, he would have known. But I went and I got the job first. So
0: where was the job? Tell us, at that. John
1: Adams in Double Bay and Bay Street.
0: John Adams in Double Bay, Bay Street in 1980 was one of the top hairdressers to go to. In fact, he was Dusty Springfield's he
1: hairdresser. He was. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was the big deal. Him yeah. and Lloyd Lomas yes. were the two sort of. Big names,
0: then. yeah, and wasn't there Carina as well? Yeah, there was a Car- few Carita, them. wasn't yeah Carita? That's Carita, it. right. Yes, yeah. yeah.
1: But that was a bit earlier. Okay. And I think um, there was a guy in Rose Bay, Zenon.
0: That's right. He was a big deal. That's Zenon and Amelia.
1: Amelia, that's yes. it.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. And then yeah. So when I got the job, and that was three days before my last HSC exam, right. So I just thought, right, I don't have to do this anymore. So- <laughs> I've got a job.
0: So, did you pass the HSC? Well,
1: I passed it. Yeah, I did. But like most, it was out of five hundred in those days. Most people at James Roos got four ninety-five and above. Yes, and I got like three ninety-five, which is still and there pretty was a gap good. between four ninety-five and me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no one in between. Yeah, which still I could have still been a teacher, or a, yeah. there were you know I could have done arts, or yeah, you could have. I could have done you know. Quite.
0: Yeah, I, other schools, that was, would have been a good mark. Yeah, it would have. It yeah. Would have.
1: So, yeah.
0: So but, what did your dad say when you told him he had a job?
1: He went off his brain. Well, tell us. Well, he, well, he threw an orange at me, I think, and kicked <laughs> me in the face. He, he was peeling one, when I told him.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And then he said... Am I allowed to swear on here? Yes, yeah, of course you are. Oh, am I? Am I allowed to F word? Yes. Okay, he said no fucking son of mine's gonna be a fucking hairdresser.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> why do you think he said that?
1: Oh, because I just think he, you know, he because he, oh, well he told me why, because how can he go to the golf club and tell him tell his friends that his son's a hairdresser?
0: Right. <laughs> right. Is that because even then hairdressers were mainly perceived as being gay? I think so.
1: But Dad was sort of very, Dad was very traditional and very sort of straight. I don't think he even, I don't think that came into his, um, that was later.
0: Okay, all right.
1: (laughs) Well, just the hairdressing was the first shock. Okay. I held on to a bit for later.
0: (laughs) What did your mother say?
1: Oh, she'd already passed.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So
1: it was just me and dad.
0: Okay. And, and the, my
1: brothers and sisters.
0: And how were the brothers and sisters about? Well, my sisters
1: were elated.
0: Okay. Free
1: hair. To- my brother couldn't care less.
0: Okay. All right. So it was just your dad that was the problem.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So you started at John Adams, and what happened then?
1: Well, I, I loved it. The first day that I went there, the, the, I got met at the door by a train is it a transvestite or a transsexual trans something a tranny yeah and i i'd never really met one or anything before so i Did you know they
0: existed? Well,
1: sorta, of, but like you know, Danny LaRue or Yes, yeah.
0: Or somebody, yeah, yeah. not
1: yeah. really. You know, i've never real met people. one. Yeah. Yes. And i just knew that she wasn't a boy but he wasn't a girl but i could tell there was something going on there. So you know you could I'd finish school three days beforehand like right, fresh so seventeen out of years old, yeah
0: or eighteen, so.
1: yeah, so I think I was just eighteen, yeah, and then most of the people who worked there was gay, I thought I'd like landed in heaven,
0: but did you know they were gay
1: well you, yes, you could tell they were, and they all were. They were i think everybody that worked there was except the girls,
0: right, and at that point, did you know you were gay I, yeah i well, I'd discover, can we go I'd back? I
1: discovered Oxford Street and
0: Okay, well, let's talk about that. When did you discover Oxford Street?
1: During my last year at school when I was probably meant to be studying.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So that would have been, what, 1979? Yes. Okay. Again, for those listeners who don't know, in 1979 being gay or, in your case, because you're a male, homosexuality was illegal. It was a crime. Was it? Oh, yes, it was. It was decriminalised in... I'm
1: not going to like myself. No, 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 mind. no,
0: no, not at all, not at all. But this is what makes this very interesting. It was decriminalised in 1984. Wow. And when you think about it, that <clears> is not that long ago. It's no. not long ago at all. And, in fact, I'll read this out because it's... Interesting. Prior to 1984, Section 79 of the Crimes Act 1900 in New South Wales stated, Whosoever commits the abominable crime of buggery or bestiality with mankind or with any animal shall be liable to penal servitude for life or any term not less than five years. Buggery is referred to as anal penetration. Now, just the words that are used yeah. would tell you what society was supposed to think of it at the time. Now, you've got and to remember. Now, look what's
1: happened. If you're straight now, you're in trouble. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, but let, let's go back to why this is very important because government, again, young people probably don't know this, but your government is created by the people for the people. That's what it's supposed to be, and it usually is, who make the laws that reflect the society's views of right and wrong. As views of society change, so should the law to reflect the same. That's what's called parliamentary democracy. So that goes to show you what society thought in before 1984. It's kind of
1: scary. It is.
0: It's very scary. Well, let me go on. Some of the other controversial offences that existed prior to 1984 under the then Crimes Act New South Wales legislation carrying terms of imprisonment include the following. Attempted buggery. Act of indecency with another male person. Homosexual intercourse with a male over the relevant age. Acts of indecency with a male person under 18. Attempt or assault with intent to have homosexual intercourse with a male over the relevant age. And indecent behaviour or behaving in an indecent or offensive manner involving sexual activity with another person of the same sex or exposure or indecent act committed by an adult. It's quite scary. It is. So, therefore, all those places in Oxford Street that were going at the time and even John Adams' salon, if anything had have happened in there, it's a jailable offence.
1: Potentially life.
0: Well, nobody ever got no, life, but, but yes.
1: Still, potentially. Yeah. I didn't know that. Here yeah, I was... <laughs>
0: Yes, and <laughs> you thought you were being, yeah. yeah, and you thought you were being liberated
1: and cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, you probably were, yeah, and that's probably what led to the laws eventually being changed. Yeah,
1: and look, I suppose when you when you do say all that. You know, I think people who are activists and that can, can be quite annoying at the time, yeah. but then the laws change and then everybody benefits from it exactly. and then the activists don't seem so annoying anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's you know what I mean? Like yeah.
1: I, I can remember even back then everybody, like, marching in the street for sort of and and being young thinking oh god let it go like whatever it is but now look what they've
0: done exactly amazing exactly well okay let's talk about that for a minute is it amazing now you get letters from people and they they're he and she so you're not allowed to refer to them as mister or missus
1: But you are allowed – it's not law, is it? It's just – that's just what they want.
0: Well, yes, but they're trying to pass that as a law.
1: And also that girl who recently got jailed for chaining herself to the Harbour Bridge or something. Yes. I mean, see, that seems extreme now. Yeah. And it seems like an absolute nuisance and, a you know, a pest. Yeah. To to chain yourself to the Harbour Bridge. Maybe one day we'll be looking at back at that and, you know, and thinking, thank God she did it because – we're all driving electric cars now and, you know, I don't know where what yeah. her end goal is. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It yeah. does seem it extreme does. for her to chain herself and stop everybody from getting to work or to the hospital or wherever they have to go, but maybe there's a, there is a yeah. end game.
0: Yeah, but well, let's talk, let's stick to sexuality because oh, I was going to touch on this later, but haven't we gone a full circle? We've gone from... Oh. Criminalizing, um, sexuality or homosexuality. Now we've gone, they are trying to make it that kids can change their sex. They should be allowed to do that.
1: What's your view of that? Oh, I think that, I think that children shouldn't be allowed to make any major decisions, but certainly not about mutilating their body. You know, like that I think that is a decision for an adult and I don't see what the hurry is. Like I don't see why you would want to have are you talking about having like Yes,
0: yes yeah, a yeah. sex
1: change. Yes. Yes, yes before yeah. you sixteen. Yes. Or even puberty blockers. I think that's where they start. I think when you're a little tiny four or five year old and you say, Mummy, I want to be a boy or Mummy, yes. I want to be a girl, then yeah. they take you to a psychologist and then everybody believes you.
0: Yes, yes.
1: You know, and then the next minute you're on puberty blockers, which sort of um does all sorts of things to your organs and I think and stops you being able to have maybe reproduce one day if you did decide that, that wasn't what you want to do. And I just think it's I think it's a decision for an adult. And even then I think it's a it's a huge decision. It's not something to take lightly. Mm, I agree with you.
0: I, I definitely agree with you. And that's
1: not to say that I don't I don't have Hundred percent compassion for them, and and all that sort of thing, um, but I, I think it's a, I think it's an adult's decision. I don't think it's something that a four, five, six, or even eighteen-year-old or seven, 16 year sixteen-year-old should be deciding because it's so fa- final, isn't it? It
0: is. It's very final. It's very. It's. It's good that you brought up the little kids because in my day, definitely and. St- De- definitely still in your day, if you went to a preschool and you were at that preschool and you dirtied your clothes, the preschool would have dressed you in boys' clothes and it would have dressed me in girls' clothes. They wouldn't have dreamt of putting a dress on you. Whereas now people go and pick up their little boys and they're in dresses. Some people think... Because it's they,
1: f- what, to shame them? Or no,
0: no, no, it's because...
1: That's all they had or... No, no. it's because
0: it's supposed to be the same. There's no difference. Now, I've had clients who are very conservative, ethnic group conservative, who have gone to pick up their little boy and he's dressed in a dress and got nail polish on and these people have gone bananas. Yeah, I
1: don't think that's right.
0: I don't think it's right either, but this is the way it's heading now. Now, that's the norm. Also,
1: and I think this is sort of somehow connected if um you know, well, if we just talk, I know everyone's talking about Britney Higgins and that whole thing. Yes. But like, if you're a straight guy, you, you your your kind of rights are so much less, really, yes. aren't they? Because because everybody's about you have to listen to the to the person yeah. that's raped. You have to believe her. I mean. Yes. I'm not saying, I'm not commenting on that yes, particular case. Yeah. I'm just saying, in general, why do we have to believe?
0: Yeah, the victim. The yes, victim all yeah. the time.
1: Shouldn't there be because a process and then we believe whoever comes? Exactly. But, that, but you know, I, I've heard so many people say we have to sit the women down, we have to listen to them and we have to believe them.
0: Yes, I know. And in my view it's wrong and my view is it's setting back the women's movement. Mm. Yes. I think people like Amber Hearst, people like Brittany Higgins, have really set back the women's movement.
1: Yeah. I do too. You know, and it is somehow connected because we're talking about, you know, transgenderism. Yeah. And and what it was like and how it was illegal to be gay when I was young. And now it's done the complete flip where straight men seem to be the the target now.
0: Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to the new consent laws. But okay, that's what's interesting. When did you first discover you were gay?
1: I think I sort of discovered when I was sort of 14, but I didn't really, like I didn't act on it or anything. And I had girlfriends. I had girlfriends until I was about 16 or 17. And then I don't really remember. Really, I just it was. It seemed very natural. It just seemed like you know, no big deal.
0: Okay.
1: Except that I was terrified that my father
0: would <laughs> was. It ever discussed with him? Never. 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 Did he ever acknowledge it?
1: Well, I eventually told him. Well, I didn't tell him. I told his wife, his new wife, because I got along quite well with her and she was sort of a soft touch, so I thought I'll tell her. (laughs) She can tell him.
0: How old were you then? Oh,
1: I I was 30, I think. 30? Yeah. (laughs) But I will say that during from the time I was 20 to 30, I had boyfriends and I – Lived in the same house as them, with yes. them, and he came over to the house,
0: right, and had
1: dinner and all that, and saw that there was one bedroom, and it never occurred to him.
0: Are you sure? I'm
1: positive he- because when he finally, <laughs> when I told my stepmother eventually, she told him, he went psychotic and said, <laughs> "You know, don't worry, we'll find a priest or we'll find a, um, what is a psychiatrist. Someone will fix you." He said, "Okay." <laughs> And I said, I told him I don't want to be fixed. And he said, "No." And he said, "Don't tell anybody." I said, "Dad, the only one does."
0: Was he <laughs> serious? Yes.
1: I'll tell you a very funny story about him. Uh, look, once again for people who who are younger, but right back in the day, you'll remember this. But I did a, t- a television commercial for Sun Silk. Yes. Do you yes. remember it? Yeah. yeah. It was, and it had very high reach. It was. It was a very visible, very big campaign. They put a lot of money into it. And it was shown on r- repeat. And at the end of it, I said, it's okay. But a lot of people thought I said, I'm gay. Right. But I right. didn't.
0: Yeah, I do remember that. Yes.
1: Yeah, but it was quite contentious about yeah. what I said at this. So when my father saw, of course, he thought I said, I'm gay. And um, he did why would you say that to the world on television? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, he was the... President of the golf club at this stage, and right. he had which <laughs> golf club? <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're, <laughs> we're the one closest to where he lived, and in suburbia, right? And he used to host these days, where all the other presidents would come from the other clubs in the right. area. They all had to wear a name badge. Yeah. I'd just done the commercial, so Dad's got Joe Bailey on, right? And the and the guy right. from the club Did around he the spell corner. Do you the same? No, who was J.O.A.? Yeah. It didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not everyone knows how we yeah. either are spell our name. Yeah. So anyhow, the guy from the club around the corner came and he said, oh, my God, look, you've got the same name as that poof on television. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine my
0: father.
1: Yes. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, so I said, what did you say? He said, I wish the, world, the earth would have opened up and swallowed. I said, didn't you stick up for me? He said, no, i moved away. (laughs) I didn't even answer. (laughs) So later in the clubhouse, they were having a beer and Dad said to him, that that poof that you're talking about is my son. I thought, oh, yeah, go, Dad, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yet, yet you were close throughout. Yeah, and we
1: got much closer. I mean, I was a nightmare when I was that age as well. So, like, you know. That withstanding, I was a nightmare on top of it, so. You know, well. W- w- you know, we all were. Weren't we?
0: Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I knew you in those days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And my, you know, I think we lived in the days when you told your parents nothing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely. You Not told who your, your friends nothing. were, where you were yeah. going, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, is the exact
1: opposite Again, now. for younger listeners, yeah. it
0: wasn't like it is now, where now you can tell your parents you're going to a nightclub, you're sleeping at your boyfriend's. Yeah,
1: you're having a cigarette, yeah. to, you know.
0: In those days, you told your parents you're going to the movies, you got dropped off at the movies, the moment the car left you went to wherever you were going you made sure you were at the front of the movies when the movie (laughs) finished to be picked up that's it yeah well joe thank you next time we will carry on with your life because it's very interesting hey